Thanks for tuning into this podcast from KYMN Radio. You can find more of them like it on our website, kymnradio.net, or wherever you get your podcast. Simply search the KYMN Radio Podcast. AM 1080 KYMN, now on FM 95.1, The One. The same great programming, now with better sound. Joining us now at our studios and superintendent of schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming in today. Good morning, Jeff. Happy to be here. This has been uh, a strange spring so far this year, just on a lot of fronts. We have a little uh, more COVID stuff to talk about. We're not out of the woods yet there. Um, But uh, I guess starting off with some of the current events, uh, unfortunately, you had uh, a student uh, pass away tragically last week. We are just, we mourn with uh, Junior Lily O'Donnell's family. Lily uh, was a junior at Northfield High School, and she died last week as a result of injuries sustained in a car accident. And her funeral was yesterday, and our, it's, it's very important for all of us to grieve with our loved ones. And we were able to live stream the funeral uh, at school for those students who wanted to be able to participate. Of course, there's some protocols in place for, you know, COVID-related things and uh, funerals, and so... Our high school administration worked it out so that we could live stream the funeral for those students who wanted to be together uh, in a safe way during that uh, that healing event for them, that for them to grieve uh, their friend. And so our, our we, we pray with Lily's family that they have peace during this very difficult time. And our administrators, our uh, counselors, our social workers have been supporting our students, you know, over the last week. You know, the death of a teenager is, of course, always tragic. And... Uh, it, it impacts kids in a lot of different ways. So our staff has been ready to support. And again, you know, our hearts just go out to, to Lily's family as they uh, go through this very difficult time. Before we get into the school board meeting last night, uh, I wonder if you have any words to say about how the school, I don't know if the school really gets involved. And I'm, I'm referring to the uh, the Dante Wright uh, yes. situation right now. Um it's a lot of unrest. A lot of people uh, are angry and confused and have a lot of emotions going on right now. Does the school district address any of that? Well, I think we need to step back and, and just, of course, we acknowledge um, the death of Mr. Wright. And it is uh, an incredibly sad day, you know, for Minnesota. And we acknowledge the anger and agony that is present in our black community as they uh mourn uh, another death of uh, of a person in connection to law enforcement. So we also understand that these kinds of incidents, regardless of where they occur, have a dramatic impact on our students, on our colleagues, and our neighbors of color. And so we, first of all, acknowledge that. We create space for students who do need to talk about it because we think that that's important that we support students these are statewide issues. We are part of a greater society. Um, we need to continue to work toward an inclusive and equitable uh, place for us to live and to work and to be with each other. And so, you know, today we, have cor- we of course, mourn Mr. Wright's death. A superintendent of schools, Matt Hillman, is uh, with us right now. Let's uh, talk about some of the things that went on last night. Uh, Prairie Creek, their... Um, uh, is it charter? Is that the right yes, word? Their charter was charter school, uh, renewed? Yes. Yep, and so, as Jeff, you know, we've talked several times that we're one of two remaining uh, school districts, traditional school districts in the state, that uh, that's authorized charter schools. 
we authorize Prairie Creek, and we authorize Arcadia. And with a charter school, you have a contract, and the contract typically lasts for five years. So Prairie Creek's contract is up at the end of this year, and I've been working with their uh, executive director, the wonderful Simon Tyler, and their board chair, Ben Miller, as we process a new contract. And so the contract includes all of the things about a charter school, the, the, the rules and the way it's governed, um, and then it also includes goals and things that they will do in the next several years. It includes uh, financial and academic goals. And so we are in the process of uh, getting a new contract done with Prairie Creek. So we presented to that to the board last night. And, you know, we are really proud of the relationship that we have with our charter schools. Um, they are excellent, you know, public school options, you know, within our Northfield community and we're very grateful for the relationship that we have with them. The uh, lease itself or the uh, the, the charter contract, yeah. contract itself, uh, does that change much after five years? Obviously, the new uh, there will be some new goals and such uh, being set, but uh, is it much different? Yeah, no, it's, you know, the, the contract itself is, is fairly similar. Well, it's, it's very similar to the previous contract in terms of the governance and those parts. And there are some things that do have to be updated, including things like the goals and uh, those kinds of components of the contract that can't say, stay static. Um, but a lot of the contract is very similar to what it was before. We're not that far from the new school year. It's just a, a few months off, so budgets are being worked on and yes. such. And you addressed some of the budget issues, say issues, but uh, the process last night with the school board. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we heard two budget presentations last night, one from Director of Child Nutrition uh, Stephanie Strummy and one from Director of Community Services Aaron Bailey. And these two budgets, you know, within our overall school district governance, they are budgets that are essentially self-sustaining. We have a charge, for example, for, for lunch and for breakfast, and we that, that account needs to be self-sustaining as well as community education. They charge for their services, and we use those that revenue, of course, to pay the expenditures. These are also the two parts of the school district that have had the most uh, impact based on the pandemic, and they've both stepped up in numerous ways over the last year. I think uh, when we really think about at the turn of the pandemic a year ago, how quickly our child nutrition team turned around to be able to offer food uh, you know, to our students and in a variety of different ways, whether it be via bus. If you remember, we had some bus routes that kids could pick up their meals uh, in their neighborhoods. We've had curbside, uh, curbside pickup. They have had to address all three of the learning models. Lunch is one of the most challenging parts of our day uh, in normal times and even more so during a pandemic. Uh, at our elementary schools, they actually have been serving uh, students table side so that we could limit the interaction uh, through the first three quarters. Students are going back through the line now. At our middle school and high school, that's had a couple of different learning models that they've used. They've had to adjust and make sure that if we were in the hybrid model, kids who were going to be at home for a few days had a chance to get their meals. The federal government has stepped in and really helped by making meals free uh, for students. Uh, through It's going to be through part of the summer for sure. And so still at the end of the day, uh, when you, for example, in the hybrid option where we only had 50% of the high school students on campus every day, and when kids are at home, they don't always come and get the lunch. And so the revenue is down, uh, but that program has been incredibly well managed uh, over the years. And so the community can be really proud. We, we had a fund balance in place that has helped us stem the tide and get starting to get through uh, the issues related to COVID. And so they will end next year with a fund balance, but it's going to be much smaller than it has been in the past. Um, they're also looking at some very modest increases to lunch prices uh, for students. It's about a nickel for breakfast and a nickel for lunch next year. Community services, again, 
turned around right away and, and implemented the um, emergency child care program for, for frontline workers. And for so we turned that around quickly last year. And, of course, community ed is so uh, market-driven. So, as you know, if you've taken a community ed class, it's really you sign up for it, you pay for it. Another part of community education is child care. And, of course, with many people working from home, child care has really changed in how it's operating across our society over the last year. So they are, again, experiencing a pretty significant reduction in revenue. They've been, we've been able to pe- keep people employed, but we've been very creative, assigning uh, people from community education to other parts of the district to help out. We want to make sure we keep our staff, but we also know we needed to make sure that we're using them in different ways. They are projecting a loss both at the end of this year and at the end of next year. And we do anticipate, based upon what we're seeing with the registrations for the summer programming, people have a pent-up energy to get back to these programs. So we we know that community education um, will get back in the right direction, but it's just going to take some time. Just by way of example, our director of finance, Val Murdestorf, for our child nutrition budget um, fund balance, we had worked really hard, and she anticipates it's going to take us about four years to get back to where we had been to have that kind of financial stability. So both programs incredibly well managed, but still just really bearing the brunt of the pandemic. Let's uh, while we're on uh, community services and uh, early childhood education, uh, we haven't really talked, I guess, a whole lot since uh, the uh, new school opened up, the old Greenvale, and uh, has uh, taken on the role of uh, housing those departments. How's that gone? Has it been everything that uh, you were hoping for? Well, the Northfield Community Education Center, which is the mm-hmm. former uh, Greenvale Park building mm-hmm. at uh, 700 Lincoln Parkway, has been an outstanding facility, and we are we are seeing the benefit of it. The immediate benefit is that because we had a much larger space, we have been able to do we have been able to address the COVID protocols in our early childhood programs without having to reduce the ability for enrollment. So. We've been able to maintain the program that we've had because we've been able to use that additional space, keeping uh, those children potted so that you know uh, that they can stay together and limit any kind of virus transmission. We've had a very successful year there, and we also see what the possibilities are going to be um, as we come out of the pandemic. So that center is uniquely positioned to be able to provide to, to significantly increase our preschool programming and also some additional child care, which we know is very much needed within our community. Superintendent Hillman is with us from the Northfield School District. We've mentioned, uh, we've referenced COVID a number of times. Uh, right now, it looks like we have a little bit more, uh, another sp- spike. We'll have to wait and see how big that spike is. But has that affected uh, any any of the decisions or any schooling, uh, the education process the, for the uh, young people? So it has, of course, COVID has impacted us in so many ways, and it will continue to impact us for certain through the end of this school year. Um, I'm hopeful it has a less of an impact uh, next year as we really see some hope on the horizon with vaccination rates going up and things like that. But we also know, you know, that recently we have seen uh, an increase in cases at all levels, right? We've seen it across the country. We have seen it in Minnesota. We've seen it in Rice County and we've seen it in Northfield. And so I think the difference between when we saw that major increase last fall in late October and early November, there's some things that are really different right now. Right now, we have on-demand testing. So if you remember, even in late October, we didn't have on-demand testing. So many of the experts were indicating that there was probably more virus in the community than what we actually knew about because it wasn't, it wasn't simple to get a test. Right now, you can get a test basically anywhere. 
That was not the case back then. In addition, we know that vaccinations continue to ramp up every single day. And again, our staff, uh, has we've been blessed by Northfield Hospital and Clinics helping our staff get vaccinated. And then we've been really sharing information with families about how they can make sure they can get themselves vaccinated. Now that 16 and 17-year-olds can get vaccinated, how they may be able to do that as well. And I can tell you that you just it's only been about a week or so, maybe two weeks since they opened it for 16 and 17-year-olds. And I can tell you I've had numerous reports from families who have been able to find appointments for their 16 or 17-year-old uh, to be vaccinated. And so those, that vaccination is the next real step uh, that is going to help us defeat the pandemic. So we did return our middle school, high school, and area learning center students to in-person education five days a week. So before we were doing the hybrid where students were on campus two days a week, and then they were learning at home uh, the other three days of the week. So we brought everyone back on March 31st. Overall, I think the start went overall well, but we did have an increase in cases right away at the high school. So we saw um, over the first um, several days of the, where we had several cases and uh, we currently, the current number of active cases that we have at the high school as of this morning are 12. That means that those are new cases reported in the last 14 days. So coming back created some anxiety in general for some students, right? Because if we haven't been with a bunch of people over the past year and you come back, it can feel overwhelming. Absolutely acknowledge that it's been difficult for some students. Uh, and we will continue to support them as we move ahead. We also know that we're keeping daily track of things like the influenza-like illness rate. We're keeping a daily track of the percentage of students quarantined because of the reduction of our the requirements of six feet to three feet. We can have more students at school, but the CDC has not changed the contact tracing requirements. So one of the issues that we're dealing with is when we do have a case that where the student had been infectious and on campus, we have more students who have to quarantine for 10 days. And so we're continuing to watch that data. We're continuing to support our students. We're continuing to make sure we know that having kids on campus is great. We're continuing to do it in a way that is as safe as practicable. And Jeff, should we need to, we are prepared to make other changes as the spring goes on. But you know, right now, again, we're keeping a very close eye on the data and we're making sure that we support our students and families as needed. You know, one of the... Uh... Uh, segueing into something new here, uh, one of the things that the pandemic has brought about is is that distance learning and, yes. and, and learning uh, on more of an online model. Um, that was that that's a program that has seen some more work on that, and then it looks like going forward, are, will we be offering some online programming? We will. And so uh, last night, the board did approve the submission of our online learning application with the Minnesota Department of Education. We're submitting it. We have to have board approval to submit it. We'll be submitting it this morning. And that, uh, if it's approved, would allow us to ha provide an, uh, moving forward, a formal online program. And so that means that right now we're able to offer online programs through the executive orders of Governor Walls. But moving forward, we know that we would have to have that state approval. And so this would mean that we would be able to run an entire online school for students who would like that. And we know that there's a segment of our population for this has worked very well and families who'd like to continue that. And so uh, we anticipate getting approval. We sh I'm sure there'll be some feedback about our application that we'll have to fix, um, but we're very confident about that. And I want to thank Director of Instructional Services, Hope Langston. Uh, she and uh, one of our instructional coaches, Carrie Duba, did a tremendous amount of work on the application. They had nearly 20 teachers, other support staff involved in the development of the application, focus groups with families and students who have participated in our Portage online program this year. So we feel we have a very strong application. 
and it's going to be a good tool in our toolbox moving forward. Hmm. Do you see this being implemented uh, during the 21-22 school year? This coming yes, year? We, we, we plan to offer it uh, again uh, starting next year, and then it will continue to evolve. We, mm-hmm. we know that it will, we, we, as we see it evolve, we anticipate there will be people who will do all the time online. There will be some people who might want to do mostly in person, but a small amount online, and then some who want to do a small amount in person and mostly online. And so we anticipate there being multiple ways that this can roll out, um, but we do plan to offer it um, based on interest for the next school year. Right. Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to discuss while we have you in here? Yeah, just finally, I want to make sure that uh, the public knows that, you know, we've started to lease our computer equipment. We've talked about this a number Mm -hmm. of times, whether it be our student iPads or our teacher laptops. And our our teacher laptop lease is up at the end of the year, and so we did approve last night the lease of 400 MacBook Airs. So we'll be selling our previous lot. We sell it in one. We put it out for bid. A refurbished company comes in and buys those computers. Uh, we then use that to pay our, a bunch of the pr- first payment of our new lease. And so we are able this time around to get a better computer than what we have now for lower cost. So Moore's Law continues to live. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for being with us. We certainly appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. You bet. Thanks, Jeff. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. You're listening to the 195.1 FM and AM 1080 KYMN Northfield. News with the side of sports. Tim coming up, but state news is next. As a school with almost one This is Jeff Johnson. Join me for the KYMN Morning Show, weekdays 6 to 9, right here on your radio station, KYMN Northfield.